Hey, hey, what's up, Suns fans? Welcome to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. And it's post-game pod time. God, it feels like so long since we've done a post-game pod. It's been since game six of the NBA Finals. But here we are once again doing post-game pods, even if it is the preseason. So I welcome you to the podcast. I welcome Matthew Lissy to the podcast. Matthew, hey. uh, look at that green screen behind you, man. You got some artwork up there. What's what's going on, dude? It's new season, new you? Yeah, so, you know, we got some ideas we're throwing out there. This one is actually for the fans of the podcast. If you're an artist or you like to, you know, draw a little bit, even if you suck, send it to us. We can throw it up on the back while the pot is going on. This one is actually my nephew. He gets the first dibs the first game. It is preseason. But my nephew, eight years old, drew this. It's Dream, a YouTuber. I have no idea who it is, but he's really into it, just like us. We're YouTubers. And he loves the drawings, so I thought I would throw it up the first game. So he gets first dibs, but we've already, we've already I think, received one. Yes. But I think every game will throw something up. There's just a lot of artists out there that love to draw. Devin Booker, if you want to draw me, you can draw me, uh, whatever, doing whatever you want. And I'll throw it up on, right behind me. That's really cool. I think it's a fantastic idea, and it's a great way to connect with the Jamsters. Uh, whether you listen or you watch along live, obviously watching along live is where you're going to have an opportunity to actually see your artwork. Or maybe it's a, maybe it's a fan photo. You know, Maybe we can put a picture behind Matthew of you just hanging out of the game or what have you. But I think it's a really fun and engaging idea for our listeners. Uh, for those of you who haven't hung out with us all summer in between breaks in between the time uh, since the NBA finals. And this is your first time coming back and visiting us. Yeah, this is not my normal background. This <laughs> is uh, normally I'm in my office at home and I got my, my big son's mural that I painted. Uh, currently, this is a Fairfield by Marriott uh, hotel room in Spokane, Washington. That's where I'm currently at this week. Uh, every week, I'll probably be somewhere different, considering the fact that with my new job, I'm doing a lot of traveling at this at this point. Uh, but you know what? That doesn't stop me from consuming Phoenix Suns content and bringing my podcasting gear inside a suitcase every time so I can do these podcasts whenever the Suns finish a game. And that's what we're here to do. The best Phoenix Suns post-game podcast on Planet Orange. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the Suns Jam Session podcast. This reminder to everybody who is watching along live with us, if you're on the tube of you, uh, tickle that like button. Uh, you know, you can become an elite jamsters by clicking the join button and, you know, you can do that by following the link in the description. You can feel free to donate to the show via the super chat so we can use it for beer money. Uh, Matthew actually used a little bit of those that super chat money to get a green screen behind him. So you have an opportunity to interact and and get your background up behind Matthew. So, again, the way to do that is to send it to at Suns Jam on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter at Matthew Lissy. And this is a reminder, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review. And I heard Spotify, you're going to be able to leave reviews and, and rate it soon. I haven't actually checked About that time. for validity. Oh, yeah, been, seriously. Yeah. Like, get with Spotify. Hasn't happened yet, but yeah, get up on there. Yeah, get get up on there. So uh, I'm going to be cracking a beer. All right. I, I got a beer, too. Well, all right. Preseason, yeah. baby. Basketball's back, dude. This is great. I like, know. I know. Just, it is preseason, but who cares? Like, I don't care. Dude, I was watching the game, and we'll talk about this you know, here in a little bit after we, after yeah. we do the drop, but I was watching the game. You were listening to the game. It's just like to have basketball back, it's like it gets me so goddamn excited. So what are you drinking tonight, my friend? I got the old Samuel Adams Oktoberfest. Nice. Not a big fan, but it's all I have right now. Dude, that's but a good I, call. I just to pop one open. Hell yeah. So here's what I got. I got a bit brick by brick. India Pale Ale. This is from Brick West Brewing Company, which is a local brewing company here in Spokane, Washington. So when I landed today and I stopped by the local, uh, what was it? I think it's a Unical 76. I went looking through the beer aisle. I'm like, I got to find a local beer to talk about in the pod. And on the side, it says uh, the taste profile is a true West Coast style IPA. Huge fruity aromatics from Amarillo. Simcoe and Citra hops are carried by a soft malt presence and smooth bitterness, bold yet balanced, just like the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> so let's uh, let's pop them open. If you got them, Suns fans, crisp. Oh man, I miss again. You think in the off season I would work on something, but it wasn't cracking open a beer. So I apologize. Yeah, uh, no worries. Let's talk about this first preseason game for your Phoenix Suns. 
so yeah, yeah, it's it's the preseason. So, you know, obviously the end total probably doesn't necessarily matter, but the Suns do lose their first preseason game, much akin to last year. They lose it to the Sacramento Kings in Sacramento by a score of 117 to 106. Uh, but you know what? I guess the first thing that I got to do is, you know, the Matthew I got to ask segment. Matthew, I got to ask. So, Matthew, I just got to ask, what was it like listening to this game on the radio? You know what? I'm actually a big fan. I did this a lot last year, too, uh, when they would play the earlier games, and I would have to drive home. East Coast games they would play. It starts at 4.30. Driving home, listening to it. Very descriptive. John Bloom does an excellent job. Yes. Tim Kempton. Very descriptive, very fast. You feel like you're there. You feel like you're actually watching it until you see highlight. I'm like, oh, that actually looked a little bit different. But I, I actually, I enjoy it. I'm only going to do it for the preseason, probably, unless these things are actually aired. But this season, I'm just excited to actually watch some ball. So it'll do for now, but I can move on from it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was interesting for me is, again, you know, I'm outside of the greater Phoenix region. And now I, I can really understand and empathize what a lot of our fellow jamsters go through because we have a great number of listeners and watchers of our show who are outside of Phoenix. They're all over the world from Australia to Brazil to Malaysia to all over the United States. And today I truly felt like we're, you know, I felt what it was like when you're not in the greater Phoenix area to try to consume Phoenix Suns content, because I have the 98.7 Arizona sports application on my phone. So I can listen to the radio version and unfortunately, I was geo-blocked. And I'm like, what? Like, geo-blocked? Like, I can't listen to the radio even though I'm out of out of uh, state? And, I mean, I went through TuneIn. I went through iHeartRadio. I went through every application possible in an effort to try to consume this game because I'm excited. I'm just like the rest of the Suns fans. Like, yeah, this game doesn't count. It's yeah. like the Orlando bubble. doesn't matter whatsoever. Um, still going to talk about some things that I saw. Uh, but thank God for illegally streaming um <laughs> uh, games because that's essentially what i did and you know i really got to tell you i feel like a nerd because i'm sitting in my hotel room streaming and watching an entire preseason game uh but i just i i love this team and it was really excited i was really excited to, ha to actually see it and so essentially what it was is i got to see the game and it was kind of you know one it was the announcers for the kings and two it was the mm -hmm. in stadium video stream so like they were, I got oh, to see cool. all the stuff yeah. that they do in between timeouts and things of that, yeah. that nation or that nature. Uh, but I did have an opportunity to consume this game. So I definitely have a lot of things that I want to talk about. Uh, but I guess another question I have for you, you know, Matthew, I got to ask what word comes to mind when you think about this team? Um, I don't know. That's what I think of IDK. That's what Ooh, I that's the word okay. I think about. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, I'm, uh, that's funny you asked because I actually did think of something when I was listening to them. I was thinking of just maybe fun. Maybe that's one word is fun because they sound like a very aggressive team. I know they're getting blown out, but who cares about the score? The focus is not on defense, really just getting that offense, you know, involved, the new guys. But they sounded like, you know, the alley-oops were going up. They were playing aggressive. Uh, the point guards getting used to DA in the first quarter. You know, you had Alfred Payton. And mm -hmm. I just – I think these guys – knowing how last year went down and the additions we got coming in there, they are having fun. And like we even heard, like someone said, what was it? A college atmosphere. I think it was Shamit that said that it's like a college atmosphere when he came here, but mm -hmm. they're winning. So you have fun, you win and you do your job. This team right now is just, I think they're finding the way of course, cause it's preseason, but they sound like they're kind of, they sound i'm gonna say sound like a lot because i was listening to it they <laughs> yeah. sounded like they were kind of getting in sync a little bit defense sucked but the offense was in sync the word that comes to mind for me is athletic that's what i noticed in watching the suns play this evening and, and you're right defense wasn't really the focus the final score wasn't really the focus at one point uh before halftime the the sacramento kings had shot like 27 threes and the suns had shot six so, I mean, there was a di there's different focuses for each team when they come into these matchups uh, because that's what they want to focus on moving forward or it's an opportunity to create some reps or develop some semblance of what they want to do when the regular season starts. And I think that the focus for the Phoenix Suns was practice attacking the rim. You have Landry Shamit, Abdel Nader, you know, 
uh, Jalen Smith, a lot of these guys were attacking the rim and they had opportunities to take threes, but they were taking the, those opportunities instead of just jacking up shots like the Kings were all night. They were just taking it to the rim and trying different things relative to that approach. And I think it was something that, you know, obviously as somebody who talked about it constantly throughout the last season, it was nice to see. It's like, oh, okay, you, the, the focus is there. They have noticed that last season they were one of the worst teams in the NBA yeah. when it came to just shooting total number of free throws and drawing fouls. So that's what I noticed. And then to your point, you know, they are fun because they're athletic. And we know that Chris Paul isn't somebody who you would necessarily define as athletic. And when he's in the game, he will play with a slower pace and a more methodical approach. But knowing that you have the Landry Shamits of the world, they have Abdul Nader, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, all of these guys, even JaVale McGee, you know, they're doing things that are athletic that can push the pace. And, and it adds another layer of Phoenix Suns basketball and another way that you can, you know, essentially that they can beat you. And that's what's going to make this team really, to your word, fun is, is the way that they can beat you in so many different types of basketball. It's not half court offense. It's not just teams that live on the fast break. They can do it so many different ways. Obviously tonight they weren't trying to win with defense uh, and they let the Kings kind of do what they wanted outside of the, of the arc. Uh, but it was really just, you know, it was interesting because you look at the starting lineup tonight, Cameron Payne, Landry Shamit, Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson, DeAndre Ayton. Now I know you, Matthew, you're going to be riding that Cam Johnson train all season long. But did you get a little excited when you saw Cam Johnson was in the starting lineup? Oh, yeah, the starting four position. All right. Well, Jay Crowder, no one even mentioned, didn't even mention like he wasn't playing. I mean, I know he didn't play, but like no one even said, like, hey, he's not playing. I know it's Booker and Chris Booker, Paul are yeah. out. But then Jay Crowder's like, oh, is he not on the team anymore? What's going on? Unless I just totally missed it, but I was listening to the broadcast the whole time. And um, yeah, Cam Johnson kind of getting warmed up, sitting on that seat where he's going to be the starting power forward for the Suns coming soon. And it's going to happen. The thing I was really watching with him or listening to whatever, it was how his size going up against Bagley. Because Bagley, all of a sudden, he's back. I forgot he was still in the league, but he was playing. Mm -hmm. But he's like a seven foot, six eleven center power forward guy. It's like, how is Cam Johnson going to like really fend for himself against him? It didn't sound like it was too promising early. He had the foul. It seemed like Rashawn Holmes was having his way. Of course, I'm not watching the spacing and anything like that. But that's one thing I really want to look forward to and look in early in the season, this preseason. If he, if he, I mean, if he plays again in the preseason, because I'm thinking, I don't know if these guys are going to play again. Just let the other guys play, the the newer guys, the the twelfth man, those kind of guys. So Cam Johnson, though, I'm going to go into early in the season to see how he fares against these big guys because that is going to be very, very interesting because I know DeAndre Ayton has his help behind him now. We saw McGee, how he had a hell of a game, right? I mean, he he was the alley-oops, the blocks, it was mm -hmm. all there, things that we really want to see from a backup center. But it's also like can Cam Johnson, if he does fill that role as a power forward, can he help DA down there? It didn't sound like... He did too well defensively, but offensively, you got threes to go down. And I know you got a highlight coming up with him and McGee. Well, I mean, he's should, a hustler. Should, should we talk about Cameron Johnson? I mean, we already are, but I mean, should we let's do it? Yeah. A new, a new segment? Course. Yeah. Let's, Cam let's, are you ready? Are you let's ready? Do, let's do it. New segment time. Lights, Cameron, action. All right. Beautiful. Lights, Cameron, action. Shout out to one of our jamsters on Twitter at Scott Lacey for making that little video. Uh, if you are listening, then you got to hear what it had to say. Uh, but yeah, lights, Cameron action. I mean, looking at the way he played and, you know, shout out to uh, Khalid who's watched, who's watching along live in the chat. You know, he said, Cam Johnson didn't look like himself tonight. And I like that. He didn't look like himself. He looked like somebody who's trying some different things. He wasn't just loading up and shooting. You know, you look overall on how he played and he went two for three from downtown, which is great, but he went four for six overall. So half of his shots came on the interior. Half of them came from the outside. Uh, he did have the four personal fouls. So that's why he didn't really feel like somebody who was necessarily making an impact on defense. And if he was making an impact, it had to do with the foul. But I mean, two steals, one block, 11 points for Cam mm -hmm. Johnson in the preseason game. And what I'm actually going to do right here is I'm going to play a little highlight of of probably my favorite play of the game and this is where i actually like got up in my hotel room and was like oh damn
You can see he has this little bounce pass to Cameron Johnson. He takes it up for a layup. Mm-hmm. It's an and one because he gets fouled by Alex Lynn. Now, what was very <laughs> impressive, yeah, good old Alex Lynn. He sure filled out, didn't he? Uh, he what's, what was very interesting about that play, though, was the play started off with JaVale McGee essentially on the block. And Cameron Johnson passed the ball down to him. And, you know, he was about 17 feet from the basket. And then Cameron Johnson ran around the the left side of McGee using him as a pick in an effort to try to just get a dump off pass in the key so he could just do a layup. And the defender was right there. So what he did is he stopped in the key and then he came back around McGee. McGee did a fake handoff to him. He continued around his right side and then he bounced past to that layup, which led to an and, an and one. And that is what I was talking about and what we've been waiting to see kind of all offseason is those little opportunities for Cameron Johnson to just be more involved, to do more than just stand on the outside, catch a screen to get an open three. He initiated the offense by passing down to McGee, tried to get open. Wasn't it was, it was a Devin Booker play. It's exactly what it was. It was a Devin Booker play and it just looked absolutely beautiful. And of course, once it happened, I thought of you. Oh, thank you. Well, I feel like you do anytime Cam Johnson is on there with his undershirt. I just, I think that he, he, he has the opportunity to really learn a lot this preseason. He plays more just by like trying to do some. We, the only thing that is weird is he's not going to be playing with Devin Booker, Chris Paul. I don't think they're going to be playing this preseason at all. So that is mainly the vocal point. But Cameron Johnson will start the season as a backup. So he's in there right now with the backup guys. And I think him moving around, and I, I think they were talking about um, Kent or Mikhail Bridges really being like the third option. I think Zona Sports, uh, Brandon actually wrote something about how Monty wants him to be the third option, all right? So that was really quick because I remember last year we kind of talked about that. Like he needs more opportunities off- offensively. Mm-hmm. So if Mikhail Bridges fills that role as making like a third or fourth option, he could be a third option. He might be that improved this year, just a little bit of an improvement to get him over the hump to be that third option. Then Cameron Johnson fills the role. like, okay, well then what can you do? Then you start watching him working on things like cutting to the basket. He can shoot the three. That's spacing. If people are rushing up on him, you know, the pump fake. We wanted Mikhail Bridges to do that. Mikhail Bridges then started to do that later in the season and get to the rim. He kept doing it more and more and more. That is something I'm sure Cam Johnson can't wait to get going. Because honestly, that's something that he's bigger than Mikhail Bridges. Mm-hmm. If he gets in there, he'll he needs to learn how to draw the fouls. And just to get to the rim and, you know, something good will happen. And that is something the Suns kind of lacked last year. But I'm just, I'm I'm so impressed that Mikhail Bridges improved so much to where it's almost like we're looking at him as like an offensive threat kind of in a way going into this season. And now it's Cameron Johnson's. Yeah, we hope. I mean, he's not going to be like an all-star. I'm just saying when you're surrounded by like Chris Paul and Devin Booker and Aiden, you know, who's going to guard Mikhail Bridges. So as long as those two are working on what they're working on to improve themselves in this offense, it's going to be endless. And I think they can continue to do it throughout the season, like from the start to the end, they'll improve and they'll keep working on their, on their stuff. Well, yeah. And again, with cam, I think that there's much more opportunity within the confines of this offense because of what he displayed last season and the growth that he's going to continue to display this year. Cause he is an offensive player. And what made that highlight that I showed so impressive was to your point, because of his size, because of his ability to move bodies down on the block, he can finish through contact. And that's something that Mikhail Bridges doesn't necessarily possess, but Cameron Johnson does. So it'll be interesting again as the preseason uh, progresses and eventually we start the regular season is to see how much we see Cam involved, like how many plays are drawn up because that was a clear drawn up little you know, high screen handoff opportunity. JaVale McGee, JaVale McGee read it absolutely correctly and got the perfect pass to Cam Johnson. Those are the advantages yeah. of having players like JaVale on the second team who know how to do that versus Frank, who's just like, you know, from a spacing standpoint, doesn't know where the hell he's at sometimes. Uh, changing gears a little bit, talk, continuing to talk about JaVale. Uh, he was doing things tonight. And again, I know it's just preseason, but I watch basketball and I know what I see. He was doing things tonight that I haven't seen a backup center do for Phoenix in a long time. He was taking the ball to the rim instinctively. Uh, it didn't feel like I was watching him think. Like with Aaron Baines a couple years ago, with Frank Kaminsky, when we had Damian Jones, all these backup bigs, you could feel them thinking. Like they get the ball on the block and they'd stand there and then they'd assess and then they'd start to move. Whereas 
JaVale was a lot more fluid. Now, I'm not saying every time he had the ball down on the block and he made an attempt, it was the right move because sometimes he just, he'd get it and he kind of knew what he wanted to do. And whether there was a defender there or not, he was going to do it. Mm-hmm. And he was blocked a couple times in an effort trying to do so. But still, very decisive, somebody who fits that 0.5 mantra that Monty Williams likes, instead of getting the ball and just thinking and thinking and okay now i'm going to go here and by that time either a defender's dropped down or you've telegraphed what you're going to do to your defender uh, and it always ends in the disaster javel looked very very good tonight you know he ends with the total coming off of the bench uh he ends with a total of 10 points on five of six shooting he had a couple rebounds uh on block you know i just i was very impressed by seeing a backup center who was actually competent tonight no, I know. The the thing is with him, he's been there. He's done that, right? He's won championships. Yeah. He knows what to do. The point five offense is so perfect for him because he's played with so many players, different teams. He's used to the movement, I think. And even if he's playing with new players, he knows where they should be. And a lot of the guys right now on the Suns team, they're veterans in a way to where they know where to be too. So they click that way. So yeah, been there, done that. But also it's it's not like we'll have these games where it's going to look really great for McGee and then we'll have the games where it's not. But that we don't need it every night. We just need something that's going to back up DA on maybe DA's off night. But then the, the thing is, is like if you're looking at DA's off nights, you're like hoping McGee can get something going. I wouldn't hope for that. And yeah. I wouldn't wish for the Suns to lean on that. I just think that when DA needs a rest, we have that competent guy, like you said, to come in. It's not going to be every night, but he's going to give us something. And that is just huge for DA. That is huge for the Suns. And honestly, just even like listening to it, I'm like, this is kind of crazy because every guy that's coming in the game, the the strengths for all of them is just the improvement that Monty Williams and James Jones did with this roster. Even though they're not sexy names, it is just enough to make us smile even more knowing that we got more going to next season to really kind of counter what we were kind of bad at last year. Well, exactly. I mean, James Jones has done a fantastic job, and that's why the Suns are, in the eyes of the nation, really a team to to reckon with. Now, obviously, they aren't the Nets, and they aren't you know the Lakers, in air quotes, per the national media, but we're so deep. We have experience, and we have that organic chemistry, so when you see the way that they're playing tonight, like you said, I asked you, what is the one word to describe the Suns tonight? And you said fun. That's what they're out there doing. They're just playing ball, having fun. They know it's preseason. They're not going to take it too seriously. You know, I haven't seen, obviously, the Monty Williams post-game press conference because we're here doing this right now. But I'm sure he's going to just echo that. You know, we're just here to work on some things and, you know, come together as a team and integrate the new guys into our system. And I think that although it's a loss, it doesn't matter. It's it's a fun team to watch. I mean, Landry Shamit. Landry Shamit looked nice tonight, man. He really he's going to fit in just fine here. He had this nice little fast break behind the back uh, layup and one play that I was just like, oh man, that was smooth. You know, yeah. he he ends the night with a total of thirteen points on five of eleven shooting, three assists, couple steals, and he just he looks like somebody who's just going to you know just like Javale. It's just like plug and play, man. Like it's not sitting there at the back end of the bench. Your thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth players. You're like man breaking in case of emergency you know it's like no yeah, these, yeah. Th- these guys are all just quality players and it's again it's a preseason game but it was fun to watch yeah and he he seems like a guy sounded like he was really trying to get the team involved i know he went to da early da dropped it and i i'm like what was da doing partying i'm just joking partying all last season i'm just joking dude uh but yeah he dropped the pass but it sounded like as uh, soon as nader or not nader shaman was on the floor he wanted to get the team involved. And one thing that I heard is like the stop and go. Okay. I couldn't really see it. And I'll, I'll admit, I haven't really watched Shamit that much prior to the season. Then you watch highlights and all that. But the stop and go speed that he has, that mm-hmm. I heard John Bloom talk about, that is something that's kind of underrated. But whenever you see it, it's like, oh man, he has that. Like a lot of players don't have that coming to the league. Then they have to work on it in the offseason. They have to get that going. Either they're too fast, they're too, I don't know, a lot of them are too slow, but they're too fast and they can't control it. So if he has that and he's looking around and he can shoot the ball and he's looking around to get his teammates involved, that's something that, you know, we're going to forget about who was there before with Javon Carter mm-hmm. and uh, Langston Galloway, maybe. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Each just one more. Yeah, yeah, it's just, just exactly. a stallion coming off the bench. It's someone, again, 
that and it is just preseason but listening to this game i didn't even think the suns were down by 20 like they were i'm like it sounded like they were getting some stuff going on offense yeah they were it's just that the kings were just chucking up threes so they just and they were hitting them so it just kind of kept expanding it you know daniel uh, thompson in the chat says the cam johnson and landry shamit do off the bench is lethal and that's goddamn right Keep him you on know? the bench. Keep him yeah. on the bench. <laughs> yeah, keep. I like Cam on the bench, though. I really yeah, do. I think way, it, it, it's going to allow minutes. him. It, it, he'll get. He'll get his minutes. It's not who you start with. It's who you finish with. It's who gets the more minutes, kind of throughout the game. But I mean, this team is going to be really, really lethal. You know, with with Landry Shamit backing up Devin Booker, and yeah. Cam Johnson backing up Jay Crowder, and Javale McGee backing up Da, and you know, Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges and and DeAndre only played twelve minutes tonight, and I like that. You know, they played kind of yeah. a little bit in the first half. The whole, the whole first quarter they played. Yeah, the I played the whole first, first quarter. quarter, and then boom, that was it. They were out for the game, so it was mm-hmm. nice to see that. Uh, but you had an opportunity to, to take a look at some of the other guys, and, you know, I do want to talk a little bit about um, some of the other guys on the team. But the, before I do that, you know, I one, I want to make this this little drop that we'll just throw in here just to remind everybody. The Sun's Jam Session podcast is brought to you by Just Sports. Enter the code SUNSJAM at checkout for any of your online orders and receive 15% off of your purchase. That's right. Let them know that the Suns Jam Session guy sent you. Again, that is promo code SUNSJAM when checking out at shopjustsports.com. Can we talk a little bit about the Kings? Is that cool? Yeah, sure, man. I mean, they have a lot to talk about. Well, I wanted to, you know, obviously watching the Suns play the Kings tonight, I wanted to talk a little bit about them. Uh, you know, they added in free agency Alex Len, who's playing it with his second stint with them. They got Tristan Thompson from Boston in a trade, and then they drafted Davion Mitchell. And you saw those guys pretty heavily featured in this game tonight. And, uh, you know, my observation of the Kings is you know the first thing I wrote down is Kings have the offense and they will be a team that will score points this season. I just think that in the long run their defense is ultimately not going to be something to write home about. That's why they'll probably be a team that's you know going to be fighting for that last play in spot if if possible. Uh, do you agree? Yeah, and it, it sucks because I, I'm a big fan of Bagley and whatever they have going on in Sacramento is terrible. And who knows, they might be the landing spot for Ben Simmons one day. Yeah, <laughs> it might, it might yeah. happen. But right now what they have is uh, I love Rashawn Holmes. I really do, but I don't think he's a starting center, right? He's a guy, not like McGee, but he's a guy that's not going to hit every night, a guy that you can count on. So Bagley, I feel like, has a lot of pressure on him. And it just didn't sound like early he had it going. I know it's the first game. But later on, he got more, kind of more comfortable with like the bench coming in for the Suns. So yeah. that's kind of going to be an issue with them. They do have point guards, so they might be gone. Who knows? But whenever they have all three of those guys are Buddy Hill, Halliburton, and Fox on the floor, and then you got Bagley, it looks good on paper, right? Mm-hmm. It really does. But how it connects and how that franchise is run, it just it's weird. And I was thinking really quick about Bagley. It is strange because they fired their GM after the draft, after they passed on Doncic. But can you just imagine being Bagley coming to that franchise and then it's just like, hey, you got to do good, man. Like they're all greeting them with a big smile like, hey, you're the man, you're the man, you're the man. Luca blows up, Bagley gets hurt, all this stuff happens. It's like, how do you recover from that when you're Bagley? I know it's it's like, oh, this guy sucks, he's a bust, but it, that must be tough to know that like the Sacramento fans probably wanted Luca, but then you're there. And it's just not working out. So I can see why he's kind of trying to make his way out of there. Yeah, it, well, it's more of his dad. His dad's trying to make his way out of there for him, whether that's coming from personal conversations that Bagley's having with his father or not. I mm-hmm. think you're right. You know, Bagley is the guy in the draft. When you look back 10 years from now, if he doesn't write the ship that everybody's going to talk about as being the Sam Bowie of that draft in 2018 with all stars, all NBA people all around him. All these guys are getting max contracts right now. And then you got Bagley who's just trying to stay healthy and on the floor. That's what's so sad about it because Marvin Bagley is yeah. a damn good player. He just can't stay healthy. And it's the dumb injuries. It's like, Oh, uh, it's his ring finger or some shit. You know, it's like, uh, he sprained a wrist, you know? So it's not like he like blew his knee out and he's trying to come back from that, but it's, it's unfortunate that his career has taken the path that it has. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, you look at that overall uh, lineup and uh, D Leon says it in the chat. He says, Davion Mitchell looks like a nightmare on defense. Uh, and, you know, that's it's a young kid out of Baylor, uh, you know, so I'm not going to put too much stock in a preseason game, but that is kind of the knock on those guards in Sacramento. 
you have De'Aaron Fox. Halliburton can play some defense because he's long. But then you go and you draft Davion Mitchell, another guard. It's like, I don't know. I just, I again, on paper, it kind of makes sense. You know, they they have Rashawn Holmes at center. You have Marvin Bagley. You have Harrison Barnes. Who let's talk, you know Harrison Barnes is a guy who, <laughs> oh god, yeah. dude, dude, he's a, he's an interesting story. Like he's part yep. of that cha- that championship Golden State Warriors team, and then he signs as a free agent in Dallas, making twenty three million dollars a year. He's there for two years. The year that uh, Luka Doncic is drafted, they trade him to Sacramento for Justin Johnson and Zach Randolph. And essentially, what they're doing is they're trying to clear space and contracts so they can bring in Kristaps Porzingis. And then 2019, he signs a four-year, $85 million contract. And what's interesting is he hasn't been traded as they try to develop his their roster. Every year, his name kind of comes up as one of those guys who has a, a contract. You know, it's $23 million a year, so it's kind of hefty. But, like, he could have an opportunity to move on, or they could utilize his contract as an opportunity to move on and, and better their team. But, you know, there he is just starting in small forward. You know, Daniel says in the chat, he's like, Harrison Barnes always torches the Suns, which is correct. And he was doing it again tonight, you know, but it's just it's an interesting franchise and how it's built. It's, you know, so what they did in the offseason is they fortified the center position. They definitely have the guards. They fortified the center position. So behind Rashawn Holmes, now you have Alex Len and Tristan Thompson to add veteran presence and. Again, I just I I've always been, you know, the, the Kings are kind of were our kindred spirit for a long, long time. This past decade, we were drafting right next to them the entire season or the entire offseason. Them and like the Grizzlies. It was always just like us at the bottom, you know, of the lottery. And and mm-hmm. you know, I so I feel for them and I feel for Kings fans, but at the same time, I just don't under I've never truly understood the vision. And that's what's been nice with James Jones hiring Monty Williams is there's been a vision and a culture that's been instilled and uploaded to this team and this franchise, or at least you can look at the piece of paper and you, you know, whereas you look at the the Kings on paper and you're like, okay, that looks like it makes sense, but why doesn't it? And you look at the Suns on paper and you're like, this makes sense. And it, and it, it comes to fruition on the court. Yeah, now it does, but it, it's like, who do they have on their team that you can kind of match with like Booker the way the Suns, grew up in the last four years you have booker the intense guy that's just ready to get down every day to play and to make his team better uh eventually he got that way with the making his team better of course himself he was in the gym every day whatever but well, they wanted that to be buddy healed exactly and i don't think that's the guy and, and but they maybe still have him, which is interesting yeah, yeah. but darren De- De- fox again you know he's a guy who's got a great work ethic he's unbelievably fast like watching him again tonight like he's probably yeah. the fastest guy in the nba shot three for 12 tonight for, had a total of six points six rebounds three assists but he's just again i don't think that he has the scoring capability consistently to do it and you don't need him to because he's your he's your point guard he should be your primary distributor and maybe with halliburton they want him to play a little you know essentially they got two point guards out there and no shooting guards you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there's a there has to be some kind of mix up coming, but even with Fox, it's like a lot of people give up gave up on him last year. I mean, the organization, you have to look at that, right? With these players, I think Fox still has a chance. He might be traded, but who knows? I think he has a chance to be a leader on that team. He can be kind of Devin Booker-esque if he wants. I know he's a point guard, but he has that mentality to get better and make his team better. The Suns are lucky, well, not lucky, but they went out, they got Chris Paul, right? You're adding veterans. Tristan Thompson, uh, I don't know. That's not a guy. It's like, oh, that's veteran leadership. He's a championship player. It's a locker like, room I, guy. I wanted Kevin Love, too. Like, I wanted Kevin Love, but it wouldn't be that improvement that like you would get with a Chris Paul, which is like a blessing because a lot of teams, of course, can't get a Chris Paul. But that's what it took to take this, to turn the Suns around. It took a Chris Paul to come in here and turn him around and get everyone here. That's what they need. I just don't know who that guy is. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. Yeah. Hey, if you don't want to work out, want to yeah, record each other nerf ball in it or whatever he does. <laughs> perplexed damage. One of our elite jamsters in the chat says, buddy will be bought out and go to the Lakers midseason. Yeah. That was kind yeah. of uh, that initial report when all the guys got traded to Washington uh, and all the guys that's Montrez Harrell and, and those guys, the initial reports is where they were being traded up to Sacramento and they the Lakers were going to rece- receive Buddy Heald in response. Um, Buddy Heald is just one of those guys. He was great at the University of Oklahoma. He's a great scorer, uh, but he just he has he has a lot of you know one he's not a good defender at all. Uh, but again, who is in the NBA? But he's just somebody who he I don't know his inconsistency has been something that has been of note in the past and. 
I he again he just they have too many pieces that are alike, and I think that's an issue. And it reminds me of when the Suns had like T.J. Warren, and then they drafted Josh Jackson, who played the same exact position, and they wanted to start him, and he was supposed to be the next thing. It's like you you just keep drafting the same position over and over. I mean, think about it. it's like De'Aaron Fox. Let, let's see, they went De'Aaron Fox, then they went Marvin Bagley, and then they went. I'm missing a year because they had Halliburton and then uh, Davion Mitchell. Maybe there's a year in there I'm missing, but I'm missing, but essentially they got like, you know, the same guy over and over again. And I just, again, I don't get it, but anything else you want to talk about on the Kings? No, I'm just, I hope they keep sucking. And I, I, that that trade for for healed to the Lakers, that'll be a really good trade for the Lakers. Um, I know like the Lakers played the first game, they shot terribly and people were pointing out, no shooters. I'm like, okay, we'll say that again when you have to play their asses because it's going to suck. I don't care if they can shoot or not. But yeah, they yeah. need a shooter. <laughs> so. Well, you know, obviously one guy that's going to get a lot of love is Jalen Smith uh, for his performance mm-hmm. this evening. Um, I mean, ends the night. You look at, you know, statistically, and again, I know it's preseason, uh, but statistically, <laughs> 13 points to, to both him and Landry Shamit had 13 points to lead all Sun scores, 11 rebounds, 13 11 for sticks, one for six from deep, which drives me crazy, uh, but five for 12 for from, uh, you know, overall. So essentially, he shot what, four for six inside the three point line. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, and I got to say, you know, the notes that I wrote down on him this evening were essentially, you know what? I really like this guy. I like what I saw. He had hu- he had hustle. He had aggressiveness. Uh, at at first, he wasn't settling for threes. What was interesting is he looked bigger to me, less sticky, if you will. And maybe it's because he was wearing like <laughs> you know, yeah, it was like less sticky. I don't know. But uh, there was hmm. one play where he did a back down, lost the dribble, and then he turned around and shot a thirteen footer and just looked so nice. And it it's he really picked up where he left off in the summer league, and that's something that we've talked about on previous podcasts. These little career mile markers that Jalen Smith has to hit in an effort to become an impact player in the NBA is, you know, play well in summer league check Mark. Okay. Play well in the preseason and after one game check Mark is, and that's going to perhaps open up more opportunity for us to see him in the regular season. You know, if he's making an impact like this. Yeah, he, well, when I was listening to it, I just heard like, Oh, a miss three, a miss three, a miss three. I'm like, okay, maybe he'll get back into the game. It's just probably the jitters too. Cause this guy, I mean, now he's playing with the Suns team. There's a lot of places where not a lot of places, but there might be one place he might end up if he's traded. There's probably a lot of things going on in his head. So he wants to improve. He wants to show that he can stay. He, he sounded like he was hustling. He sounded like, mm-hmm. like you said, that pickup put back shot that went and looked good was really nice, but it sounded like he finished the game strong. And that's yes. all you can ask from him is just to hustle, do other things on the court to help your teammates when you can't get the three to go down. He got the six rebounds early, which was nice. And I heard he had a really nice block on, on homes, which I yes. didn't see. Yes. So things like that, it's like, okay, that's out of the box. Those are things that we kind of thought maybe he can bring to the Suns as a player. But now it's just like, we got to see it on the court. So the more and more he tries, like Mikael Bridges and like a Cameron Johnson, where they're just trying new things on the court, things that they think they can improve on and things that they they know they can do in practice, that they know they can do, I guess maybe lesser competition, to get it in the game just to work on it that way, that's what he needs to do to really get himself some minutes. So I'm looking forward to, I mean, there's not really a lot in the rest of the preseason to look forward to, but he's a guy that you just got to keep your eyes on, just like Summer Absolutely. And, and that's what makes watching these preseason games worthwhile is seeing the development of sticks. And we talked about it before. And a performance like this is going to build confidence for him. And that's the most valuable tool that you can have as a young player in the NBA is a sense of confidence. And his teammates are going to be like, you know, they'll be showing him the box score. They'll be giving him a little bit of shit on the on the plane ride home from Sacramento. And, you know, they'll be just making him feel included, making him feel confident in the performance that he put forth for this team, even if it is in a preseason losing effort. And I think that, again, as we progress – it's something that we need to keep our eyes on is if there's progression or regression. And, you know, the thing is to remember on that, if there is any air quote regression, it's not going to be much because he might have an off night and we can't, Oh, six sucks, man. He only had three points. He shot, you know, six threes. He had two rebounds. He was horrible tonight. It's like, no, he had an off night. And that's just one thing I have to remind everybody that it's like when those, 
when that happens, if that happens in the uh, in the preseason, don't jump off a bridge. It's going to be okay, you know. So, I, I really think that tonight was a positive night in the right direction for Jalen Smith, and that's what we've wanted essentially uh, this entire time is just to see him have an opportunity. And if you remember last season in the preseason, he had a couple, you know, really I wouldn't say great games, but he had some great possessions. And again, mm-hmm. those are the building blocks to to get this guy some confidence. So when the regular season starts, you can get him some minutes. Because guess what? You probably don't want JaVale McGee playing every night behind DeAndre Ayton. You want to give him a night off here and there. You know, he is a guy who's 33 years old. He's won multiple championships. He's a great guy for the bench. And he'll be the number one guy cheering on sticks if he's having uh, just a nice performance or even getting any minutes while he's sitting on the bench. And I want to see that for sticks. And where's he on the court? Is he is he looking comfortable out there? That was one big thing last year in the beginning of the year where he didn't look comfortable, which is expected from a rookie. Now he kind of does, right? Now he's kind of figuring out if the threes aren't going down, he's having a hard time maybe boxing somebody out. As long as you can see him improving to where to be on the court, then that's good. And that might have something to do with boxing out if you're not in the right spot. So that's probably a bad example. But I mean, if if he's just not getting going on offense, which you don't want to expect a lot from him there, you just want the size. You want the the smarts. You want someone to come in not to cost your team like a 10-point a lead when he has to come in and kind of mm-hmm. like carry that with the, with the second team. So maybe we're getting that. And I hope to God we are because – they picked him high, and I think they see the potential. It's just whether or not he wants to work on it in these regular season games coming up if he's still a son. And I think that he is, and I think that he will. I mean, he's in a culture yeah. that says everything, you know, you're going to earn everything, but you're going to have fun doing so as well. Uh, De Leon, or I'm sorry, De Leon, De Leon, whatever. I, I'm sorry, I mess up names. Sure. Uh, Sticks just said, since my whole since my whole basketball career, I've been a five. I know how fives move. And he was moving like a five in this game. He was hustling. He was moving up and down the court. He was back, you know, backing guys down. He was blocking shots. He was looking more like a five and less like a guy who was just yeah. hanging out by the three point line all night. Grant, he did shoot those six, three pointers. And that's something I want to see less of, obviously from him. I want to see him focus on the interior game, but that's the way that he needs to play. So good. Yeah. Nice. Uh, nice. Uh, nice to hear, man. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> I just wish I could watch. <laughs> yeah, it was it you was know. fun illegally streaming it. All right, next segment. Jam star of the game. Listen here, I know that this is only a preseason game, and you know I I think I should also remind you that if you are watching, hit the thumbs up button, and if you're listening, subscribe, rate, and review. And again, if you are watching, let us know who your jam star of the game is. So we'll give out a jam star of the game, even though it's a preseason game. Matthew, yeah. who you got? Oh, it's got to be Shamit. Whoever had the most notes about on this. So Shamit wins by two lines. <laughs> just because <laughs> I kept I kept hearing his name and it, it sounded like he just fit already. He sounded like, no, I'm not going to say like a missing piece, but he just sounded like maybe he is a missing piece. Maybe he is a missing piece behind Booker that... John always wanted. Yes. He comes out. A lot of people um, are saying, you know, he might be uh, one of the favorite sons going this year. You know, you always got to pick the wild card, the guy that's, you know, not the star, but that kind of holds his own in the second unit. And it might be him because from what I was hearing, just getting the players involved and what else he can do with shooting the ball, it's going to be something special, I think, with him. He just, he's, He's a son. He is. He's yes. ready to fill that role behind Booker, play point guard, whatever he needs to do to get this team more wins. Well, let's play two guard. That's the beautiful thing about it. And I think that that's yes. why he is going to be a very valuable asset for the Phoenix Suns is because he's going to truly be asked to fill a role that he is unbelievably comfortable with. And yes, he is my jam star of the game as well. Uh, as we mentioned, he you know tied with uh, Jalen Smith for 13 total points, 5'11 shooting. You know, those three assists, two rebounds, two steals. Uh, I just think that, you know, in in Brooklyn, he wasn't necessarily used properly because he he couldn't be used properly. They kept having injuries, uh, whether it be to James Harden or to Kyrie Irving, where he would get starts, he would get minutes, and he would have to assist in running that team and not get to play like he was essentially trained. Because you got to remember that this is a guy who played for the Los Angeles Clippers his first season with J.J. Redick. And he's a guy who is very J.J. Redick-esque. And it's funny because in the offseason, that's a guy I wanted the Suns to target. And they essentially they did. They just got the younger version of him who's going to last a little bit longer. Didn't J.J. Redick just retire? 
He might have. I'm not I sure, think, man. I think he did. Uh, but that's what you have in Landry Sham, and it's something that he showed tonight was his quickness, as you mentioned, his explosive first step, uh, his ability to shoot the three, his ability to just score in a plethora of different ways that's going to just keep that scoring attack occurring when your number one point scorer, Devin Booker, is on the bench. That's everything that I've wanted from the Phoenix Suns for quite some time now, and in the first time that I got to see Landry Shamit play, uh, wearing number 14 for the Phoenix Suns, uh, you know, which is something that, you know, who who's the last guy to wear number fourteen, Matthew? I think me and NBA two K fifteen or something. I used to because there's no other numbers when you're a point guard. So yeah, it was me. <laughs> the last guy to wear number fourteen was uh, Czech Diallo and D'Anthony okay. Melton before him. Josh Gray, Greg Monroe, Ronnie Price, Gerald Green, Luis Scola, Sean Singletary, Antonio McDice. Oh, uh... Yeah, Jeff Hornacek is the one who I always remember wearing it when I was uh, a young lad. Um, but yeah, wearing that number 14, look, he looked good out there tonight. And so that for that reason, he is my jam star of the game. And I think that his contributions moving forward on this team are going to be very, uh, very positive. And I think that we're going to really fall yeah. in love with him. So get ready, Jamsters. That's going to happen. Uh, the next game for the Phoenix Suns is going to be Wednesday at 3 p.m. I absolutely love what the Phoenix Suns have done. They've moved their game up. So the uh, the Phoenix Mercury, who play the Las Vegas Aces in the semifinals, with an opportunity to win that series and go on to the WNBA Finals, they'll be playing that evening at 6. And a lot of people are saying, you know, it's a class act by the Suns. I think it's the only act by the Suns. Like, how could you sit there and be like, no, you play early because we have a preseason game against the Lakers. So I think it's just, again, the camaraderie between the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury is fantastic. Chris Paul bought 500 tickets and just and left them at will call so people can come down. I wish I was in Phoenix because I'd actually try to get to go, go to that game. And I think it'd be fucking lit. Is it actually, is it in the arena though? Or are they playing offsite somewhere else? No, I thought they're playing. In, they're, I thought they're playing in the arena. I thought they're doing okay, so double, double upgrades, header status. Are the upgrades done yet? Like, is it a hundred percent done? Yeah. So you know? I was I was listening to the solar panel with Dave King. Everybody, if you get a chance, make sure you subscribe over there as well. Doing a great job. Uh, him and Zona Sports is his new co-host, and they were talking about that. And essentially, all of the uh, stuff that we'll see is done with construction. It's some stuff underneath the stadium that still needs to be done. You know, some of the, the VIP areas and bars underneath the stadium, which we've been to before, uh, yeah. the, the, that area is where they still have some construction, but all the seats, all the lighting, everything else is done. So, um, this is I how think, you get the WNBA into it, like into people's yeah. lives. These players, they they need to, and they need to do this because so many people have a hard time going to the games, including mm-hmm. me, and even watching the games, including me, because I just it's not out there enough. So the way to do it is these players interact, and they even the Cardinals, the Mercury, and the Suns right now, and screw the Diamondbacks, they're all three of them. <laughs> Seriously, are like they're all united. It's like a family. They're feeding yeah. off of each other. It's it Phoenix insane. sports, man. It's fantastic. It's such a fun time to be a Phoenix sports fan. And it's so funny because literally, like four years ago, it was like 2017. the The Suns were in last place and had the first overall pick in the upcoming draft. The Cardinals were in last place and had the first overall pick in the upcoming draft. The Arizona Dimebacks had just traded away Paul Goldschmidt, their franchise player. I mean, it was a depressing time in Phoenix and to be a Phoenix sports fan. And here we are four years later, and we have the Phoenix Suns, who are exciting, just went to the NBA Finals and and have a fantastic shot at running it back. Got the Arizona Cardinals 4-0, whooping the Rams' ass yesterday with Kyler Murray just making play after play after play. You have the Dimebacks still suck, and they go and they win on the last game of the season and cost themselves an opportunity to, at, at the number <laughs> one overall pick. And then you got the Mercury, and you got Diana Taurasi out there, the GOAT, who's like my age, and she's scoring like 37 points in a playoff game when people are saying that she's old and done. Like It's just it's a fun time to be a, a fan of Phoenix sports. Uh, but that being said, that game's going to be on at 3 o'clock Arizona time, so the game's going to end probably about 5, 5.30. You know, Matthew and I most likely won't have an opportunity to actually watch the game, but we will still go ahead and have a post game pod on Wednesday, probably about six or seven o'clock and talk about, you know, what we've heard. Take a look at some of the highlights uh, and things of that nature, because you know what, Jamsters, we're here for you. I'm so excited to do this again, man. (laughs) 
Yeah, me too. But it's so funny. We were talking about watching the Mercury and supporting them. We're like, oh, we'll do our podcast right right in the middle of their game. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You know, we you might know, have to do it afterwards. Do. I think we, we should do it after to. the Mercury game. I think that's we should can we talk about. Absolutely. We should talk about the All Phoenix right, Suns and then we could talk about the Phoenix Mercury, too, because I will be watching that game. That's yeah, a good we got to we got to watch that one. Yeah. No, without a doubt. Real quick on the one one last note that I had on this game. I wrote in yes, my sir. notes. I wrote. Uh, let's see. Where's uh, Chase and Randall wearing number four too soon? That's C4, oh, bro. Tyson Chandler. Oh, yeah. Uh, no. Tyson Chandler. <laughs> Tyson Chandler fucking Javon Carter, dude. <laughs> Jesus I Christ. I couldn't remember him earlier when we were talking about Shamit, who, who Shamit replaced. That's how much I already love Shamit. And this is the way they, and I was so high on Javon Carter, remember? I and I know. It's it all we talked about last year. Too. That's who I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, real real quick to reminder to everybody out there, the Suns Jam Session Listener Fantasy Basketball League. We're getting ready to ramp that up. Uh, shout out to at Warlord1914 on Twitter. He hit us up and he goes, at Suns Jam, I want to be in the Fantasy Basketball League because, and then he put emojis of Buffalo Burger, Apples, and Mountains. Because I randomly said those three yep, things on I the last pod, that. and I he's in, he's in. So if you're yeah. interested in being in our fantasy basketball league, hit us up on Twitter at Suns Jam and just tell us why. Like a response like that, like you know Matthew and I are oddballs. Give us just kind of one of those little like jamster you know jabs, and yeah, we'll get you in the league. Uh, so far, it's me, Matthew, the reigning champion at So Says Jay from Fanning the Flames, and now. At Warlord nineteen fourteen is in the league. It is on ESPN, and the draft will be happening uh, before the regular season, which starts on the twentieth. And we might do a live podcast uh, with the draft going on. I don't know yet. We'll see how that goes. All right, and uh, honestly, if you leave a comment, just act like it's like a dating site. You know, <laughs> leave a weird one so it pops out. I'm like, oh, this guy. Wow. <laughs> You know, and then also uh, just really quick, I know we're almost done here, but Alfred Payton actually looked pretty good today too. He a did. little bit right. Yeah, why didn't we wise. talk about that? And his hair looked good too. Oh, you didn't see it, but his hair's looking good. A little yeah. grown out, you know, not falling in Overlooked his face. Overlooked a little bit. But he was again, you know, I was talking about earlier. One of the things that I enjoyed watching about this game was the fact that the Suns were willing to just take it to the rack instead of settle for three pointers. And Alfred Payton, we know he can't shoot threes, but he was penetrating and kicking and penetrating and trying to, you know generate offense that way and again i like that's going to be one of the nice things again i don't expect alfred payton to get a ton of minutes for the phoenix suns i really don't with with chris paul with the cps chris paul and cameron Payne, you're not going to need much from the you know ep but when ep does play he's going to force the issue you know if you have like five minutes in the second quarter where you need to get the other team in foul trouble bring ep in man he's going to go right at him because that's what he does and he'll either generate the contact and get a foul or generate the contact and dish out to somebody on who's wide open maybe we can hit some threes again the depth on this team is fucking awesome so deep so deep (laughs) so deep bro um last question i have before we oh real quick uh cory flynn asks next game on tv yes the next if i if i remember correctly and matthew you might be able to correct me on this but the next game for the phoenix suns should be on i believe it's nba tv against the lakers and then it's on espn against the lakers and then the last game of the preseason will be on MBT, NBA TV as well. So this was the only one that wasn't on Phoenix Suns uh, television this evening. All right. Well, I'm still. I might still listen to John Bloom. I kind of liked. It. I was listening uh, to it, taking notes. You know, doing. A little Shout work. out to Bloomer, man. Like I've I've asked him a couple times to get on the pod, but it was during the off season. He was like taking some time off, and it's hard to get him on the pod because we do post game pods at the same time he's doing post game stuff. But absolutely yeah. love listening to him talk. The energy, the excitement, like. He gets he, you want to want to run through a wall like after you talk to that guy, you know, and it's just yeah. there's no better, you know, outside of Al McCoy, like him and Al McCoy having those guys call your Phoenix Suns games. It, it's an honor, Phoenix Suns. I mean, it really is because I was listening to I was listening to the Kings guys tonight because I was I was streaming the game and they had the radio feed. And I'll tell you this, like they love Halliburton. Anytime that guy did the most pedestrian shit, they were like screaming. Uh, you know, they're like, oh, my God, did you yeah. see that pass? It it's their only like, hope, man. It, well, it's yeah. another kind of new hope there, right? Yeah, it's, it's like it's like Star Wars Episode Four, And I was just thankful in that moment because outside of that, the very bland nature of conversation, the, you know, you could see one guy trying to set up the other guy and the other guy it was just, oh, shit. You know, like he didn't it just it, there wasn't good chemistry there from a radio broadcast. And it was kind of annoying. 
And we should be thankful, Suns fans, for what we get to listen to when we choose to turn on the radio. And I yes. tell you what, like the one issue I have, I would put on the the Suns radio broadcast with Al McCoy or John Bloom anytime I could. But the challenge I have, especially having direct TV at home, is you can't pause the radio. You can pause the TV, but you can't pause the radio. It was like yesterday. You know, you were over at the house. We were watching the red zone. I had it up on picture in picture. And because the local feed for the Cardinals game is really lagged, I would pause the red zone and I I synced it up, right? So it was like at the same time whenever they were on the red zone channel and on the local feed. And obviously when the Cardinals weren't in the red zone, it was showing the red zone channel and I was seeing everything else that was going on. But you can't do that with the radio because the radio is so far ahead. It's not like I can pause the radio, wait 20 seconds for it to catch up to the TV and play it at the same time. Or I would every time. I can't stand the TNT guys anymore. I can't stand the ESPN guys as far as I can throw them. Uh, and I think that I just wish there was an, a way to like pause the radio to like get caught up on TV and then press play and then listen to Bloomer or listen to Al McCoy call those games, man. Yeah, we were trying to do that. I think it was the last... I don't think during no, the finals I think it was game, we tried. game five, maybe. Yeah, we were trying to do that at your house, and of course you can't do it. But yeah, it's a tough job, and especially when your team is losing, it's it's the worst, and you just want to hear from your home, your home announcers, and it's it's almost impossible, man. But it, there has to be something. There has to be an app, something created yeah. to get this done. Because a lot of I hear this a lot now. In the mm -hmm. last five years, a lot of fans they're just sick of it. It's too loud. If your team is losing. And the announcer's too loud and too aggressive and happy. It sucks. It makes yeah, the game even worse. Or if they're, if they're sitting there just talking about how great the other team is. And typically when we watch national broadcasts, yeah. that's what they do. Yeah. It's like, you know, it was kind of like watching the Cardinals game this week. It was kind of annoying listening to the Cardinals feed whenever we could because all they did was talk about, like, they were pissed that the Cardinals were playing so well. You knew that they did their research all weekend, all week <laughs> long, talking to all the Rams. And they had all their notes on the Rams because the Rams were going to kill the yeah. Cardinals for the ninth straight time. And they were just going to sit there and have a Rams suck off. Fest and the Cardinals disrupted their plans. The <laughs> Cardinals so came right in. The, it is, and so they did. Like they're like, um, there's kind of fucking, you know. It's like they were pissed. And in those moments, I would like to turn off the national feed, turn on the radio, listen to Ron Wolfley call the game. He's like, oh goddamn, that penetration there it was some good penetration by James Conner for that touchdown. And but you can't because it's so far ahead of the TV feed. And I know yeah. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm bitching about something that. Probably nobody cares. The four about, no cards, dude. Dude, well, but I'm just, well, yeah, go Cardinals, baby. I mean, I don't think yeah. I see it. Let's see, right there. I got my Cardinals hat sitting down right over oh, there, man. Beautiful. Because guess where I'm at? I'm in Spokane, Washington. So you know what that means, right? I'm in Seahawks mm -hmm. country. So you know what that means, right? I'm wearing yeah, my Cardinals gear. Oh. They're not good wearing, anymore. So they're more uh, fans. No, they won this. They won this weekend. <laughs> no, I know. I got my Cardinals uh, hat on and I, I use my Desert Schools. Uh, let's see here. It's really great for the people listening versus watching. But I got my Desert Schools card right here, and it's the Arizona Cardinals. So I pay with it. People are like, oh, Cardinals. I'm like, you've got 4-0 and o Cardinals. Or well, what are, the, what are those fans going to do to you? Are they going like, to clip your toenails or something? I don't understand. Like, There's not aggressive fans, are they? No, not it's here. Not like Raiders last fans, week, last week when I was in Lodi, California, that's San yeah. Francisco 49ers country, and I had a couple comments like, "Oh, Cardinals!" I'm like, yeah, that's a mm. uh, three and O Cardinals. Uh, that that that's who we are. You know what? Cowboys Cardinals second to last game of the year. That's yeah. gonna be a big game because right now those are looking like the two best teams in the NFC. Uh, right now, yes. I mean, we're yes, not a quarter of the are. way through the season because it's seventeen games, not sixteen. Yeah, and, I know, I know. But but at the same time, like I absolutely agree. Uh, yeah. They just have so much offense. Uh, your team, the Cowboys, yeah, the Cowboys are scary because they play sure. really good defense. They play really the Cardinals defense is shoddy at times, whereas your defense is consistent. Uh, but we both have killer number sevens. Byron Murphy for me and uh, Trayvon Diggs for you. Both those yep. guys can fucking play. Yeah, but, man. Yeah. It's going to be a hell of a year. Amen. Well, I think on that note, we've we've digressed to Cardinals talk. So <laughs> uh, it's it's time to, to wrap things up here on the, another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. The first post-game podcast of the 2021-22 season albeit a preseason game still it's great to get back in the saddle and do a post-game pod with you matthew uh this is a reminder to everybody who is listening make sure you subscribe rate and review wherever you're listening to this pod if you're on apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review we'll read it right here on the pod if you're watching along live with us on youtube Go ahead, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the little no bell notification button. It lets you know when we go live and all that fun stuff. And, you know, you can follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can follow me at Darth Voida, and you can follow Matthew. Yeah, Matthew Lizzie. 
And on that note, I am done. So I will see you guys Wednesday evening. All right. Everyone go home and jump in the saddle with your family. (laughs) Take care.